0: Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, Byberg Small Business Insurance. Byberg is who we use for our business insurance because they make it quick and easy for small businesses. You can visit byberg.com to get a quote in minutes, purchase your policy, and be covered the next day. Policies start as low as $35 a month, which is so good. If getting a quote online intimidates you, though, you can also call 1-866-757-4487 to speak directly with a licensed insurance agent who will gladly help you through the process and answer any questions you may have. Thank you to Byberg Business Insurance for being a sponsor of the Artie Friends podcast. As always, we'll have the link in our notes as well as on our website. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast... Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the RD Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash That's pros.com slash RD Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. pros.com slash RD
1: Friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
0: Welcome back to the Artie Friends Podcast. This is Allison. And sadly, Kara will not be with us here today. She is out living her best life on a work trip in Saudi Arabia, but I will be interviewing with Jennifer later. She is the founder of Enueva Jewelry, which is a Seattle-based company that creates fine jewelry that is nature and antique inspired using ethical gems and recycled gold. Enweva is made for mermaids and mountaineers, which is so inspiring all year round, but especially this weekend as it is Earth Day weekend. And we thought it would be so fun to do this episode on on the theme of nature, getting outside and supporting an eco-friendly business. Kara is actually the one who found Anweva and set up this interview. So I so wish she could be here, but she'll be here in spirit. And I know that I'll be traveling at some point this summer and then Kara can do a solo episode and you guys can hang out with her that day. But it kind of ties in because in my conversation with Jennifer, we're just talking about the importance of teamwork, especially when you are a small business. Like You really can't do everything yourself. You have to rely on other people. So I feel like this ties in so well with me and Kara's dynamic of sometimes one person has to take the lead on other things and the other time the other person does. And that duality is just like so important and it always balances out. And yeah, and it also just ties in really well with Birthday Weekend because this company is out of the Pacific Northwest. She started this company because she wanted to be able to do things on the weekend, like go hiking and take trips and didn't want her entire life to to be working 24 seven. So definitely stick around for the full interview. It's really inspiring. But before we get into it, I thought it would be a fun change of pace to actually shout out some Earth Day activities instead of catching you guys up on my life because honestly, not much has changed since last week. And with Kara not being here today, I just thought we could, you know, save that for later. So here's a few Earth Day activities that I came up with or I found online that are inspiring me to be a better inhabitor of this planet, not just this weekend, but all the time, all year long. So the last two years, I did actually pick up trash in my neighborhood. I just went out with a big old bag, a glove, and picked up trash all around the neighborhood. And honestly, it doesn't even take very long, like maybe 30 minutes. And I felt so good after. It's just a great way to make your area feel safer and fresher and more clean. So that's always a good one. Another thing you could do is ride a bike or walk to an activity that you might usually drive to. Since selling my car, I am amazed how much more I walk in my community for errands that I would have just drove beforehand because I had a car and it was convenient. But now I'm like, okay, let me go to the bank, get a little coffee and go get my nails done all on one walk because I'm out and about. And then I just feel like it makes you more integrated with the ecosystem of your community, getting to see people, pass them in the street. It's just a different point of view. And I really really enjoy it. Another one is to buy a new plant for your home. In a few weeks, we're going to be having Mariah of Growing Joy On, who is going to be talking all about how to be a better plant parent. So definitely looking forward to that conversation because I have so much room to grow in that area. And if you're in the same boat, definitely come back in a few weeks because I'm sure that's going to be an awesome episode. Another thing you could do is visit a botanical garden. Oh my gosh, I that is like one of my favorite activities. We have one here in Omaha called the Lauritsen Gardens. I know I've been to one in Montreal that was really amazing. I think Chicago has a good one. Oh my gosh, the one up in Seattle is fabulous! Like, also they make the cutest Instagram photos, so could get a little two for one. Another fun thing is a picnic in the park. You guys know I love picnics, huge proponent of picnics. And if you really want to double down, you could take your socks and shoes off and like put your toes in the grass. It feels so good. Another activity is to visit a zero waste shop, especially if you've never been to one. Even if you don't end up buying anything, just going in and like getting more of a feel for the process of zero waste shopping, because I know at first it can seem a bit intimidating. But if you watch some videos on TikTok, I have a few if you scroll away back about how to do zero waste shopping. Once you get the hang of it, it's so easy. Or you could get your groceries from a farmer's market. That would be lovely now that it's spring. I'm sure there are lots more farmer's markets opening up in your areas right now. And then lastly, something that I have been doing for the past couple of weeks is turning off my AC or heat, depending on whatever the temperature is outside. I will say, you know, it definitely makes the interior temperature fluctuate a little more. Like last week, it was 80 in here one day. And this morning I woke up at 60, but I honestly don't mind. I just add more layers on or take them off accordingly. And I love the feeling of that fresh air coming in and hearing life happening outside my apartment. It's really nice. And the bonus of getting a lower electric bill is obviously fantastic. But yeah, happy Earth Day. Hope you guys have a fabulous nature, outdoor, loving weekend. And just know we'll be celebrating right alongside you. Getting into the peak of the week segment. Mine is such a boring peak, but literally the peak of peaks as a small business owner. I filed my taxes and I didn't owe in any extra, which is just like the biggest elephant lifted off of my shoulders because a few years ago I had a crisis and I didn't know what I was doing when I first opened New Wave and I owed like 75 $500 and it was so painful and it took me so long to rebound from that. So I think that I was like permanently scarred to being way more on top of paying in taxes throughout the year and staying organized and all of that because I did not want to have to go through all of that again. So yeah, this weekend I met with my accountant, filed my taxes. I mean, I do have to pay to get my taxes done. So that was like $800, but I didn't owe in any more taxes. So taking that as a win and if you are a entrepreneur or maybe you make a lot of commission or whatever and you didn't have as good of a tax season, my heart goes out to you because it's literally the most stressful thing ever. And just know it can get better. Highly recommend getting an accountant that really knows tax well. The guy I go to, he specializes in taxes and it's Paying him for my peace of mind is worth every penny. All right, and reading your guys's peaks of the week, this one from Kylie ties in so well to today's episode. She said, "Decided to sell our house in a year and move to the Pacific Northwest." Wow! Congratulations, you are going to thrive out there. And Laura said, "Started my own business." Congratulations! Well, this is also going to be a great episode for you to listen to as well. Ashley said, "I got a big girl job before graduation." Congratulations, Molly said. After six months of redundancy, I started my dream job. My gosh, you guys are killing it! And along the same lines, Maggie said, getting a second interview with my dream job. Please send me all the good vibes. Boo, mm-hmm. that's me packaging them up into a little wish and sending them to you. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, but yes, good luck. And as always, send in your peaks of the week on our Instagram story at Already Friends Podcast in our Peak of the Week box every Monday. Now segueing into bringing on Jennifer. She is the founder of Anueva. That is spelled A-N-U-E-V-A. It is an eco-friendly jewelry company. She started her business in 2009. Her passion and love of nature, creating traveling, outdoor activities, community, and spending time with like-minded friends led her to building a business based around those joys. I know a lot of you listening also love to travel. Either you might have your own business or you want to start one someday, or you just want to obtain more work-life balance and contribute to the planet in a positive way, regardless of where you sit and all of that, I think you'll really love today's episode. We hear her talk about her journey to entrepreneurship, how supportive her parents were, scaling work life boundaries, staying true to your values, industry relationships, how everything you've done in life compounds and grows into something greater, and how jewelry isn't just for engagements, but is also great for treating yourself when you accomplish something you're proud of to relate to a fond memory or an experience. I think you guys are going to love this episode and be so obsessed with her business. The rings are absolutely gorgeous definitely go check out com while you're listening. But without further ado, here is Jennifer. Hello. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, thank you. I'm excited to talk with you. No, it's seriously such an honor. I just admire your business acumen so much. And I'm so excited to talk about your entire journey as an entrepreneur. But first, we usually like to let our listeners get to know you as a person. So maybe you could just tell us a little about like your day to day, your home life, your favorite hobbies or anything like that.
2: Okay, that sounds great. My name is Jennifer Vinji I live in Seattle, Washington. I'm a mom of five. and um, We are two blended families that came together. So our kids um, range in age from five all the way up to 17. So um, the day-to-day is, it's chaotic and crazy and fun. I have a business that makes fine jewelry, mostly engagement rings in downtown Seattle. So we have a view of the ferry boats and the Puget Sound and the mountains. And our clientele is mostly backpack type people people who love nature and they want their ring to represent that love so the way that our jewelry looks it kind of mimics the texture and the colors of nature so all, all of that happened because I'm a nature lover myself so my family and i we love to get out and travel we love to hike we love to camp ourselves um, love hiking love um, even like like deep sea like ocean type fishing i love getting out to Alaska and um, being on the water is my favorite place to be so it's been really exciting figuring out how to make all of those things all of those joys those loves of my life work together and this is just
0: one of those areas in business Did you grow up in the Pacific Northwest? I did. I did. I
2: was born down in the South in Texas, and I spent some time living in Texas and Florida, and I went to college in Tennessee. But for the most part, I grew up right here in Seattle. Kind of actually, it's pretty funny. I I did like a full circle moment. The home that I'm sitting in now, I can see from my window the apartments that I lived in when when we first came to Washington from Texas. So it's been this kind of crazy journey and and ended up back here because I wanted my kids to have the same kind of upbringing that
0: I did, being out in nature. Most of the time. Well, that's amazing that between the two, you have five kids. We do. How do you manage all that? Uh, teamwork. Teamwork
2: makes the dream work and nobody really wants to go through the journey and the process and the pain of divorce but that also means that they're in their other homes when we're not with them so it's this kind of like multifaceted organism that works together when we have all the kids together it's a great time but otherwise we're trying to make the most of our time when we don't have the kids with us. I also full-time homeschool our two middle kids so 7 and 10 they're downstairs right now working on their their math books and their their grammar and and that's been an interesting development for this year, too, is including them taking them to the office and having them do schoolwork, starting at home. And that's a whole other element that as, as a mom and a woman who's, you know, dedicated to business, trying to figure out how to make that all work together, too. It's a work in progress,
0: for sure. Wow, that is incredibly impressive. I just I hear people's days like that. And I'm like, wow, I have one dog in a business. And <laughs> I feel like my life is full. I just can't imagine adding all of that in. So let's take it back. You said you went to school in Tennessee. Yes,
2: in Nashville, really? Tennessee. I went to Belmont University, and I went to actually to be in music business. I love to sing. That's my biggest passion, which you know doesn't come out in, in what I do for work, but now I sing for church um, as often as I can. But in Nashville, I wanted to learn music business, and that's what Belmont University was known for. Um, it's grown into a lot of other areas like nursing and, and law now, but it was at the end of Music Row, so it was a great place to go to school. My friends and I would go out to live music. Every night, there was something for free, you know, for
0: college students to go just be immersed in music and arts. It was a really beautiful place to go to college. So when you were a kid thinking about what you wanted to do when you get older, was it something in the music space?
2: Not necessarily. It's That's a heart's passion of mine, something I love to do. But my parents were both very artistic, very creative on the visual side. My mom loves to produce videos. She's, she's all about that, that visual art. And then my dad is an architect and he would paint on the side. And so growing up in Seattle, it's another hugely artistic community here. We would go to art festivals and fairs. And there's an area downtown called Pioneer Square, and it's full of art galleries. It's the glass blowing studios. You can watch people make their art, right, you know, in real time. And growing up, we would tour those places a lot. And it kind of helped fuel that fire that my parents taught me you can make a living being an artist. And whereas a lot of other people grew up hearing the opposite. But that was something that I'm really grateful and was instilled in me was that belief. Like if If you are creative, you can still make a living being creative. There's still space for that. So that's another fun full circle moment is now my studio is located in that same area in Pioneer Square. It's oh it's God. taken it's taken a hit for sure through COVID, and a lot of people left, and people are coming back. But we're still we're still there, kicking, and we're open for studio appointments by by appointment. I'm on, on the top floor of an old historic building facing the water. So that, that was cool. I I was really appreciated that my parents exposed us to the arts, uh, art museums, and festivals and fairs and all that good stuff.
0: Okay, I'd actually love to talk about that for a second because two yeah. weeks ago we had my mom on the podcast for the first time to talk about intellectual wellness. And Mm. a lot went into how her parents really fostered a creative safe space for all of all eight kids to do whatever they wanted to do. And that was so important to her and led to how she raised me of always supporting me no matter what I want to do. If I want to go backpack Europe, if I want to open a business, she's like, all right, let's do it. How can I support you? So it sounds like you had a really similar upbringing. And yes, like that was just so helpful for you. I'm sure as you were starting to have that support system.
2: Yeah, I guess I. I guess our parents are very similar because I think that that would still continue um, from this day on. If I decided I want to go do this now, it, it would be, how can I help you? How can I support you? And so that's a good reminder, even hearing you say that for me to, um, to do that same thing for my kids. If they have an idea, not to shoot it down and tell them all the reasons why it shouldn't or couldn't work, but instead figure out how to help them and lend a hand and create a plan, create a written plan for their vision. I think that's great. That's awesome.
0: It got you to where you are now. Yeah. And I feel like it's not even just like parent to kid, like even partner to partner or friends yes. to friends, just supporting your friends and asking them how you can help support their journey instead of yeah, being the, the person that's like, mm, well, did you think about this? Because I feel like in our own head, we already are our own, you know, worst enemy of like, oh my gosh, but what if I fail? What if this? And so to have that outside right. support is really crucial.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want to put a limit on your imagination because everything that we use today, everything that we see was created by somebody else. Else. And whether or not they had support or they had people tell them it wouldn't, couldn't work, um, it exists today. So my friends and I are absolutely very supportive of each other. That way, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are not
0: naysayers, but people who have faith for that kind of stuff, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So you graduate from Tennessee, Belmont, mm-hmm. and then where did your journey take you? Uh, back to
2: Texas. That was in 2008. So graduated right when the recession started. And that's, I mean, a recession, as, as we're kind of like experiencing right now is a great opportunity to create your own business, create your own income, largely because there aren't a lot of jobs available. There weren't at the time. So I actually graduated with a public relations degree. I stopped doing the music business after the first year and did PR and and business administration. And I was, I've never taken a paycheck from Mm -hmm. another company. It it just kind of started that way where I was working contract for um, communications, writing, video photography, shot weddings for a very long time to eight years of shooting weddings. And so that kind of gave me a window into wedding jewelry, bridal jewelry. But everything that we use throughout our lifetime, every skill that we build, like for me, it was video and building websites and marketing and copywriting, all that stuff can just be compiled and used for the next thing. Nothing is wasted. That's another thing my mom would tell me all the time. Nothing is wasted. No experience is wasted. What can you pull from that chapter in your life and bring it into the next? There's no reason to feel guilty about. Trying something new or reinventing yourself. It's just all this like compilation of who you are as a person. Now you're in the next chapter. So that that was many chapters ago. But I started studying goldsmithing when I had my first child. I knew that if I had to be away from her, which was already heartbreaking, I wanted to be doing something that could at least bring me a little bit more joy than what I was doing at the time. And so she was she was one one year old and I was able to go do an apprenticeship and her grandma watched her. I was learning how to resize rings and set diamonds and then went to the bathroom to go pump. So that was like another like crazy weird, like, all right, let's just do it. That's, you know, that's that's what we do. That's who we are. We're, we're women are crazy multitaskers and we just, we just get it done. So I learned a lot, had another baby and then finally started selling on Etsy. And it was kind of this weird, weird happenstance where I had only sold 36 products at the time on Etsy and they decided to feature me as a featured shop. Usually people, it's, you know, years into it, thousands of sales and they're waiting to get noticed. And it just, just happened that way for me. I was able to get my sales and my exposure boosted almost instantly. So I took that as a sign to, to really put some energy into this and that it's going to be okay, that it, this is a source of income for me, that I can um, put my kids in daycare and spend time being creative during the day. And that was that was all at home. That was the the very grassroots of it all. I was at home with two young kids working in the middle of the night for a few years until I was able to get some staff and get a, a outside office in Seattle. Okay, wait,
0: I want to pause right there because yeah. that big growth jump of going from 36 sales on Etsy to, oh, this is a real deal. Like I could hire other people. What mm-hmm. advice do you have for someone who's afraid to take that jump of adding someone to payroll, signing a lease? How, how did you get yourself to to make that leap of faith
2: yeah that's that's a really tough spot to be in I think I had to definitely hire someone who was willing to work only part-time in the beginning wasn't ready to you know pay someone for a full-time salary and I really just started adding a couple people part-time to the team that had different skills almost like different department heads until people were ready to to work full-time but it's an area where you do have to be pretty careful budget wise you have to make sure that you have money for the environment of the space that you're creating creating. creating to make sure you have a good customer experience. So I would say get some help with accounting and budgeting during that time and make sure you're working with someone that if they want to work full time, but are trusting you and your vision to start off part time, just invest in them. Make sure that you're having conversations with them regularly. Like, hey, do you still, you know, how's it going? Is it you're still okay part time? We may move full time soon or, or, you know, let me know if you have any other needs. Like we we ended up doing healthcare stipends and things like that until until I could really make those bigger growth jumps, but that's a, that's a stretch period for sure. As a business owner, you can end up paying yourself less just so you can get some help and have some more free time. It's a great time to start planning, writing out your own dreams for the company and what you want your, your life to be like. Like I was able to write out a vision for myself personally. How many hours a week do I really want to work someday? What do I want my lifestyle to be like? How, how much do I want to travel and setting those long-term goals kind of help you plan for what's in front of you?
0: One of my friends that has a really good small business, she says entrepreneurs need to build their work around their lives, not build their lives around their work. And that sounds like what you did. You like took that time and that growth space to be like, okay, well, how am I going to make this work for me? Because I have kids at home. I want to travel. I want to do all of these other things that are not just working all of the time. So how can I make that possible? So along those same lines, when you were getting started, how did you come up with your values as a business?
2: Yeah, um, it was, I actually hired other moms too, that we, we were all looking for something to get us out of the house, something that we could really grow other talents in and still have time for our family. So I have been, as as much as people say the customer is always right and it's all about the customer, for me it was kind of the other way around. It was how can I take care of my, my staff and myself so I don't feel overrun by this thing that I've created, provide beautiful products, but have realistic timeline expectations for the- the customers. You know, we're not we're not the fastest product in town, but we put a lot of care and quality into our products. So make sure they know that the timeline is this amount of weeks really setting those boundaries. We're not open on the weekends. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of what most people would expect for someone who is like fully, fully going for their small business. For me, it's like it's always had some boundaries associated with it to protect my life and my family and my mental health. And uh, yeah, it's we're by appointment only. We we want to have fun like you guys do on the weekend. Our, our customers are out exploring. We want to explore too. I want the same kind of lifestyle for myself as I do for my staff. So we've always been very protective of that. And it's something that I don't regret. I, I'm happy to not have a storefront that's open all the time that people can walk in and out of because uh, truthfully, I just don't want to manage it <laughs> right now. And I don't know if that'll change in the future, but it's it's been really interesting creating it kind of backwards. Like It's not just about the customer experience. It's We are the ones who are here day in and day out for years at a time. I started the company nine years ago. I don't want to burn out, and I want my staff to burn out. So we create that. We want to create a healthy culture for our staff internally, and have that bleed over into the customer experience when they walk in the door.
0: Yeah, because otherwise, if you guys get burned out, there is no business.
2: Right. Right. And and we don't want we don't want to be stressed out, and that's the customer experience either. Is that we're panicked and frantic? And no, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you.
0: This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Byberk Small Business Insurance. Whether you're a contractor, consultant, restaurant owner, photographer, podcaster, life coach, cleaning business, or boutique owner, whatever you do with your small business, there's a good chance insurance can protect you and your company from the potential risks of owning a business. Byberg is part of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Company, so you can trust they will be there financially. They have a 4.9-star average customer review rating, and it is truly a one-stop shop for your business insurance needs, and they even have policies starting as low as $35 a month. Byberk is who we use for the Artie Friends brand, as well as my two other businesses, New Wave and 1404 Collective. I've been a customer of theirs for years, and clearly I'm a big fan as I keep choosing them again and again. They have a lot of specialty coverage areas that cater to small businesses and entrepreneurs that I couldn't find at other companies. Using Bybrook has been ideal for us because it was so easy to get an affordable policy, and if we ever have questions or want to update something, we can call to speak directly with a licensed insurance agent who will gladly help us out. To get a quote, you can visit bybrook.com or call 1-866-757-4487, whichever you prefer. Either way, you can get a quote in under five minutes, purchase your policy and be covered the next day. Thank you to Bybrook Business Insurance for being a sponsor of the Already Friends podcast. As always, we'll have the links in our show notes as well as on our website. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Well, it sounds like you did a great job of setting those boundaries early on because once you overpromise, it's much harder to reel it back in. What advice do you have for someone who has started their small business and they they've totally overcommitted?
2: Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in too. I say give yourself grace. Um, your customers may not give you grace. So give yourself extra doses of grace. We also have a saying in our company, too, there is no such thing as a jewelry emergency. So, so tell yourself that. If you, if you're someone who is um who has an, an peril brand and people are upset with you. There is no such thing as as a jeans emergency. So um, some people may be having a difficult experience on their own end in their own personal lives and may take it out on you because of your delivery time. There's really only so much you can control. There's really only so much you can do. Do your best every day. Give yourself extra grace and then communicate. You can send out an email to customers saying our timelines have changed. We are we are in flex. We are growing. You can change your mind at any time. You can change your mind about any of our processes at any time, people will, they will either go with you or they won't. And that's okay because it's your boundaries that are very important when you're working in business. You also need them so that you can keep creating new. It's very difficult. And I've been in that space. I haven't protected that space very well for myself to be creating new things and doing what I love the most in in the business because we're so busy. That's been a difficult thing to balance as I'm sure you understand what that's like too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. On the change note, you feel like your customers, I feel like mine have been so receptive of change change especially I think since the pandemic like I will change my hours I'll change the way I do the processes and I feel like for the majority people are so understanding and it's me trying to be an overachiever and a perfectionist and make everything as good as possible but then I realize I'm like honestly the, the customers are way more understanding than I would have ever expected
2: yeah, I think we can definitely chalk that up to COVID times for sure. That's that's a benefit, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, like, we're just grateful to have stores to walk into at this point. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, okay. And so you said like having a storefront right now that's open set hours seems like a, a little too much to take on right now. So I love mm-hmm. that you have done the by appointment. I think a lot of people have this dream of wanting to have their own place with set hours. That was definitely something I really wanted And I I have two stores, kind of one's open regular hours and one's by appointment. So I do relate to that. Having a business that is open for set hours multiple days a week is a lot. And I feel like it's good for people to hear that from people like us, that that is a really big undertaking to have a brick and mortar that's open like that.
2: Right. And the tricky thing that people are facing right now is staffing. How do you staff something when people don't want to go in those hours, when people don't want to work retail hours, especially when people have found so many creative ways to make money at home? It's okay as long as you can pay the rent on your space. Um, do do what feels best. Do what you can handle. Do what you have the help for.
0: And you've been able to grow your whole business online.
2: Yes, yes. And it, that started in Etsy, but it also started with Instagram because I had those photography skills from my past. You know, my past experience, past life. Um, I we were able to blow up on Instagram pretty quickly. Now it's like way harder to get the kind of engagement we were getting back in 2018, 2019. Those were like the sweet, oh, the sweet news. I know. It was so good. It was so good. And then online collaborations with other people on Instagram worked really well. We haven't jumped into, I can't crack TikTok yet. And so we definitely need some help with people locally who can come in and take videos because that's a whole other animal. But that online exposure really, really helped us sell all, all around the world. Before COVID, we would have people fly in from the UK, from Singapore, from Australia, because if they flew in and got their ring from us, there was less duties than if we shipped it to them. So that was amazing to see that just the reach on Instagram, because we ended up blowing up so big on Instagram, we didn't need Etsy anymore. So it's all just to our website directly. The website is our storefront that's open 24-7. And the, where I don't have as many boundaries is on Instagram, is feeding the machine of stories and responding to comments and doing posts. But it's what keeps sales running. So that is that is where a few of us kind of jump in at a time during the week. But that's where most of our sales still come from, through literally Instagram stories is <laughs> where they come from on our website.
0: Wow. One of my friends has a business and he has 3 overseas personal assistants that just monitor everything and they're on 3 different time zones, which is wow. Which you never think about cuz like I you know say if we don't have that we wake up in the morning it's like, "Oh my gosh, what all happened while I was sleeping?" So the way he has it set is they're on their 8-hour shifts but at different times so everything is always getting answered. So I thought that might be an appropriate time to shout this for anyone listening, like how smart that is to do it on different time zones. That's so smart. I love that.
2: That's great. So emails and social media
0: is what they're working mm-hmm. on. And they're just yeah. answering stuff just that way. Yeah. Know, people just ask like small questions over DMs or an yeah. email that are, I feel like for the most part, pretty, most people ask a lot of the same questions. Yeah. You just have. Yeah. A- and
2: you can, you can automate different snippets for, oh, this is a, this is a shipping question. Here's my shipping snippets. We use HubSpot mm-hmm. um, for snippets and for our live chat. Yeah. That's a great idea. We have customers in Australia that we're always backwards on our, on our
0: communication with them. So that's brilliant. Yeah, it's hard. Okay. Speaking of other business challenges, like what do you find is like some of the hardest parts of business besides Instagram? Um,
2: yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, wanting to build more, wanting to create more inventory, but going through the, the flows of of sales right now with, uh, with the, what, what the economy is doing. We have all these streams, like we should make this and this and this. And they're like, okay, but we don't have the capital right now. So going with the ebb and flow of capital um, over the past since COVID really has been <laughs> really interesting. You know we have we have these dreams and our, my staff has they have great ideas, but kind of keeping the the budget in mind with the unknown, with um, what the economy is doing, and the other the other weird thing is really what what advertising platforms are or are not working or are not worth investing in. Like sometimes Facebook and Instagram ads, for example, you know eat up money, but we don't know if they did anything compared to like we we have advertising on Pinterest and on Google and Facebook and Instagram, I've heard that TikTok ads do really well. So that's, that's been interesting too, like figuring out budgeting for new, new inventory for the ideas we have and then for,
0: for ad costs for sure. So I would just love to hear more about how you actually go about obtaining your inventory and getting it to the, to the customer because there's finite amount of resources. As you were saying, you have all of these ideas, but what are you guys doing right now? And what sets a Nueva apart from other and Engagement ring businesses.
2: Yeah, yeah. We were in the glory days of Instagram in 2018, 2019. And we were one of the first companies to start selling sapphire engagement rings and specifically Montana mined sapphire engagement rings. It's, it really, really set us apart. Um, and now the competition is enormous. Everyone just started finding diamond alternatives. Um, but in the beginning, we made really great connections with suppliers to ensure that we were getting sapphires that were ethically sourced. And terms of their mining practices, um, making sure that the communities that were mining them were getting an adequate, adequate um, payment for the work that they did. Um, some of the sapphires that we were mining were not desirable colors. They were not true blues. They were teals. They had more green. And as Montana sapphires became more popular, so did teal sapphires in other regions of Australia and in Africa. Um, one of my favorite stories in regards to our sourcing and how it's ethical, how it's actually supported the communities that we mine our stones from is um, one of my brokers from, they they deal with a lot of stones from Madagascar. He came to visit me, and it was his first time visiting the U.S., and he just came to personally thank us, and he he recited this, this whole thank you. It was so sweet. Um, his first time in the U.S., we took him out to the snow, actually, for the first time he's ever seen snow, because he came to visit us in, in Seattle. But he just wanted to thank us because a trend that wasn't popular, the stones that he was able to get his hands on, the green um, less desirable teals. They just exploded his life, his his family. He was able to support multiple people in his family, his father, his brothers in jobs, in new jobs. And then they would go back to the areas where we were getting the stones mined from in Madagascar. And he would see villages that used to have grass huts, now have cinder block homes, mm-hmm. and now have community centers. And it's, it's just crazy. You don't really know the impact that your business can have. With good advertising and really unique product, we were able to to support communities, this this many families down the line. Um, so what our, what our customers just thought was pretty, there was really that whole ethical blessing associated with it, that um, people who would farm in the off season um, were mining, you know, it was like farming and mining, farming and mining. So they were farming to support their families and then realized that the, the areas that they were near were rich in sapphire deposits and zircon and some other beautiful things. So they would mine when they weren't farming and create more income for their family. Sell those to brokers. The brokers would pay well, and then and then we would get them from you know from those brokers. So that was really cool to hear firsthand exactly what those those that's our hope. But I haven't gone to go visit yet, and so hearing and seeing pictures, this is what the Earth looks like. This is you know this is the jungle that these stones come from. It's it's really interesting because it's like when we want to go travel somewhere, we find the cute little like treehouse type um, locations out in the forest. Here, you know, like you can rent a treehouse. On Airbnb or something. That's like that's their their everyday life there, and they teach their kids how to work the same jobs that they work. And for us, it's like that's that sounds really beautiful. They're surrounded by forests, they have mountains all around them, so it's cool that it's like something really from nature, mined by people who love the earth that they live in, and then we get to share it all over the world. That we also love working with vintage stones, with antique diamonds. Before antique diamonds were crazy popular too, we were we were um, just really excited that. People could have an, a stone that wasn't newly mined. We weren't, you know, pulling up new earth, but this, these are over 100 years old and cut by hand in low light before there were diamond cutting machines. And how unique those were! We still believe that antique and vintage diamonds are more eco-friendly than lab diamonds because there's no carbon offsets. They're, they've already been cut, and we're recycling just like just like the vintage items that you saw.
0: Wow, that is such a rewarding story to hear. Do you have any more? I'm sure you have hundreds. Do you have any off the top of your head of customer stories that people have just been so enamored to receive their ring
2: we some of our favorite I love to tell these stories some of our favorite rings that we make for people are like color matching things that they love so we'll get like pictures of like eyeballs for <laughs> like I wanted to match my fiance's eyes and so we'll get like an enlarged picture of someone's eyeball and match that green or that blue or sometimes a cat's eye those those just crack us up we love it but otherwise um, we love matching the landscape people will send us of a trip that they went on or land that their family owned back in Scotland incorporating those elements into design. I remember one time I got to carve um, some beautiful some beautiful flowers into a ring that it reminded someone of the the land that they came from, literally in in Scotland, and that was fun. So those really unique touches are a lot of fun. I love to I love to add organic hand carved type elements into our pieces. That's my favorite part. But otherwise, we do a lot of computer aided design
0: for people who want something more either more contemporary or more traditional too. Wait, that is so cool. I just love your entire business model because as someone who is not super glam that has always been like a resistance where I'm like I just don't want this big glammy diamond like it's just not me and I don't want to like not get engaged or married because of not wanting to wear the ring which is like so silly so I feel like you are fitting this huge hole in the market of as you call it mermaids and mountaineers right that's right yeah and and already being in Seattle
2: there's a lot less bling and and showy you know glam than there is down in the south um which is funny because a lot of the the diamond dealers that I work with, they don't quite understand that. That's the market that what you're describing is like. That's our clientele. We're laid back, but have a huge heart. Really, you know, eco-conscious and socially conscious. Want to feel good about our purchases, um, but we also want we want to wear little pieces of art. We don't want something that is is just huge and bling just because it's huge and bling. We want we want these
0: pieces to have meaning. Yeah, and I have never even thought about tying it to a trip or family land or a pet or something. Those are such cool ideas. Are there any other themes that you have seen and why people want a specific color or style? I think some of
2: our favorite pieces to make for people are like self-celebration type pieces. So those who have been through their master's program, those who have overcome something that was really challenging. We do a lot of engagement rings, but it's, it's not really by choice. It's just by default. That's just what people find us for. We really love making pieces for people who are honoring themselves, who are in a space where they feel, you know, it's worth it for me to buy something for myself that makes me feel valued. Those are our favorite, our favorite pieces to make. Some people have gone their whole lives never buying themselves a pair of earrings, for example, because they didn't feel like they were worth, worth it. They themselves weren't worth adorning. And that's something we absolutely want to break. That's such a lie. If you want to buy a designer handbag because you worked hard and it makes you feel like that hard work was worth it and, and you're proud, do that. If you want to buy your first pair of diamond earrings, we'd be happy to set you up with a pair of diamond earrings that's funky and um, and maybe rustic and that. That really feels more like you than something you could buy at a big box store. But those are those are the graduation
0: gifts, push presents, birthstone type stuff. Those are fun things to make, too. Wow. Yeah, there, there are so many ways to celebrate yourself. And it doesn't have to be received from another person, like buying that for yourself. I love that. Right, right. Okay, so you also do a lot of customs, right? We do mostly custom. Okay, okay. And I think I saw on Instagram next week, you're going on a sourcing trip and you asked if people had very specific requests that you could accommodate them. Would you maybe want to go into that? Because I love, sure. would love people listening could support you in a way that is really important to them. Sure, yeah. We
2: are trying to do sourcing trips more regularly. We used to just do the Tucson Gem Show. There is a wholesale only show and that's... Usually in January or February, it is just, it's the craziest, most fun week of the year for us because we see more diamond and gemstone inventory in that week than we'll see all year. Um, There's people flying from all over the world. You have stones from vendors in Switzerland and Sri Lanka next to people from New York and LA. So the connections that we make there for our customers, if you're looking for something very specific, like a marquee um, sapphire that has a little bit of yellow in one corner and green the rest that's you know that's so specific and, and I understand there's a reason for it and so we want to we want to match that request so we typically have the best chance of doing that um, at the Tucson Gem Show but I'm trying to plan more regularly since buying is mostly what I do. Um, my My job now is it's really like Instagram stuff and buying for the company I want to make more buying trips and so we call those sourcing trips for customers who have really specific requests. We have so many stones in our inventory it's something I take pride in because I hand select them all. So many unique, beautiful, natural gemstones and diamonds. But if you're looking for something that we don't have, we are trying to do more regularly. Every few months, I go out to meet with vendors that have more selection and match that specific want for your dream ring or your necklace or for a gift for someone else. Especially if it's something um, really, uh, I would say something that's large or unusual in, in color. Um, if you want a five-carat round sapphire, okay, let's go find it. So that's it's a real fun time, and I'm excited. To The next one we're doing is in L.A. at the
0: end of April. I am just so impressed that you've been able to grow such a big business based off unique customs, ethically sourced. Because I feel like this day and age, there's the quick money where you can like build this big business, do the drop shipping thing of just grow at such an unsustainable rate and produce all this stuff. Or it's like you have this smaller business where you're trying to do everything the right way and maybe it's not making as much money. So I am really impressed that you've been able to have a business that's growing and you have staff and employees and thousands of customers while also maintaining your values. I just, it's so inspiring to hear.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I I love hearing about and seeing what other women are doing and how we can think outside the box, be creative, set a good example for others who feel like maybe they're stuck. We're never stuck. It's all, it's, you know, it's, you really have to overcome that fear. Try new things. If you fail, it's okay. Try again, (laughs) try something else. And I'm really, really lucky to be supported by the women that I am supported by, not just my staff, but also people who are close to me, like my best friends and my mom. And, you know, it's we need that. We need that for sure because it's scary and and sometimes you need
0: help overcoming that fear. Yeah, I feel like this full circle is wrapping up everything we talked about and a last takeaway for our listeners how you said when you're changing and pivoting like you're still using everything that you learned. I would just love for you to give some words of encouragement to someone who's like maybe in a career that they think isn't right for them or they want to go on a different path that it's okay to take those pivots.
2: Yes, absolutely. I think our culture I think we're coming out of this belief belief that you need to know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 17. And then make sure that you spend a ton of money going to college, make sure you go to a trade school and that you can't change your mind about it. And it's the world doesn't work that way anymore. Even retirement planning doesn't work the way it used to, where you can work for a company for X amount of years and be set. I firmly believe that we should have multiple streams of income. I'm working on the others on the side when I can, but I think it's great for stability. I think it's a great outlet. Your business can be a fun outlet. And if you're not having fun, with what you're doing. Either get someone to help you do the parts you don't like or start working on something new. Well, do you have anything else that you want to
0: wrap up with? Let me think.
2: Is there more I wanted to say about like reinvention? Mm. No, I mean, there's a lot that I don't like doing for my company that I had to learn along the way. Oh, I'm not good at this part. And that's okay. I think when Etsy was started, it was almost a requirement that you do everything yourself by hand. And now it's so lax the the requirements that Etsy has. But when I started, I almost I almost felt like I needed to to feel guilty for not doing every little piece of the project myself. And that's That quickly went away when I realized I'm not great at every piece of the project, but these are the few things that I I feel like I'm good at. And because I'm good at these things, I enjoy them more. It's okay to do the things that you enjoy and farm out the rest of it. So that's an encouragement I always want to give people who are starting a project. Um, You don't have to do it alone, but there is that process of budgeting so you can have extra support from other people who are doing the things that you're not the best at or that um, you just want to exit and work on other areas. It's okay. It's okay. To outsource. It's for sure okay to outsource.
0: Yeah, I think when you're first getting started, the fear of outsourcing only seems like you're giving up something, like you're like giving away all this money. But to hear like the example of that family and that community who is now making nicer homes for themselves and being able to support each other, that is something so beautiful that you were able to give to so many people because you let go of having to control every part of your business. And even this is like a dumb example, but the other day I don't have a car, so I door dashed my grocery. Groceries. And at first I was like, oh, I have to spend $25 to like do this. And then I was like, wait, 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 no, I'm literally allowing some person. And they ended up being an immigrant to get $25 to go and grab my groceries. Like I'm giving them an opportunity to pay their bills and feed their family. And I now get the time freedom that I got to spend two hours not having to get in an Uber, go across town, go to the grocery store, whatever. So I just think as small business owners and entrepreneurs, it's very encouraging to hear how outsourcing is really, Really, So helpful and so crucial to maintaining that work life balance.
2: Absolutely. I I believe you believe what I believe in that it's better to operate in this position of generosity instead of lack or fear and selfishness, you know, like just that act of you paying extra and knowing that it's going to another family. It's so freeing to have that fear of like, oh, no, that money is gone. It it turns into something more beautiful. I believe it's better to give than to receive. It's really fun when you can get to the point in a business of providing for other Families in staff and as vendors, and seeing seeing them grow for sure. And I and I want people to feel that way about me too. You know, I want people to like the vendors that I work with. And um, when they give me a discount for buying in bulk or something, like they know where it goes. They know my family, and um, and I so appreciate that. It's those long term relationships that really help business feel more like an integrated community type thing.
0: Yeah, and it's not just you and the customers; it's you and your staff and all those vendors as well. I think when you first get into business, yeah, you think okay me customer that's that's the extent of this relationship but there are really so many moving parts that make everything happen definitely
2: we i work with my vendors more and and over almost 10 years now than i work with the customers who come in and come out for sure those relationships are so special and i've had some come to birthday parties sometimes we want to hang out at, at a trade show when we're not buying from each other just hang out to catch up it's really beautiful it's it's amazing you know when you're in a school setting for the first part of your life it's It's easy to make friends there. And then when you're kind of on your own, and so
0: your business can also be a place where you can make new friendships. Mm -hmm. And I love how you were saying too, surrounding yourself with people who do help you dream big like that. Being around other business owners and entrepreneurs is so inspiring. It's like, okay, well, I know them and they're doing it. So like I can do it too. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to
2: keep that positivity
0: up and the creative juices flowing. I love that. Well, this was such a delightful conversation. I feel like it's just always good to connect with other business owners because... You have that immediate layer of things in common of like, I get what you do, you get what I do, and everything, the pros and cons that come with owning your own business. But would you not say at the end of the day, having your own business has hands down been so worth it?
2: It has, and I do. I don't judge people who don't want to have their own business because we're all made differently. For some people, it's you know the anxiety of the the ebbs and the flow, not having a, a regular paycheck. Some people can't handle that, but for me, I I love change, and the risk doesn't bother me. There's so much more reward
0: in having that creative freedom, for sure. That's amazing. So we do ask all of our guests uh, our signature question, as this is the Artie Friends podcast. To you, what makes a good friend? What makes a good
2: friend? is someone who cares so much about your well-being that they'll tell you the truth, they'll be honest with you, but they'll also really try to help you become the person that they know you're meant to be. So you can help feed into that by giving um, insight and saying, I want to do this, I want to do that. But I feel like a good friend really sees more in you than you see yourself. And it's their job and as your job for them to pull that out along the way with encouragement, with love and support, with a ton of grace. I'm really, really, really so blessed to have the best friends that I I do. And it's a good reminder for me to do the same for them. But it's someone you can laugh with, but someone you can plan with and dream with. Yeah. And really grow with for the rest of your life.
0: That's a great answer. Seeing the potential in them and helping pull that out of them. I love that. Well, how can our listeners find you, support you, and learn more about you?
2: Yes, we'd love to connect. Our Instagram is Anueva Jewelry. That's A-N-U-E-V-A. And we're sometimes on TikTok. (laughs) If you're on TikTok, um, please, uh, please join us there. We are on uh, YouTube with all of our new loose stones and rings that we're finishing. We're posting there almost every day on Pinterest. And then our main storefront, our website that's open 24-7 worldwide is anuevajewelry.com. And I learned the hard way that other countries spell jewelry with two L's and like J-E-W-E-L-L-E-R-Y.
0: But we are J-E-W-E-L-R-Y, anuevajewelry.com. Wow, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're right. Okay, so you are the American spelling. J-E-W-E. the spelling spelling. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Well, good luck with everything. I look forward to seeing Anueva grow more. And I promise you, you will have a customer in me because I, like since finding your company, I am so much more excited to get engaged now. And I feel like it was the stars aligning that it hasn't happened with me and Clay yet because you're absolutely who I want money from. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. We would be honored. So exciting. Well, we'll keep everyone updated in the process. And thank you again for coming on. It was an honor. Thank you, Allison. Bye, Jennifer. Bye. Catch you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We want to tell you guys, what is our favorite thing in this world? Getting Apple and Spotify reviews. So to thank you guys, when we hit 500 reviews on Apple and Spotify, we're going to give you one of your favorite things. And we're going to tell you what it is. It's a $50 gift card to wherever you want. Please, come on. We're desperate. We're literally dreaming up these reviews in our sleep. Got to help us get there. If we want to keep creating great Already Friends podcast shows for you guys, we need those reviews. So don't make us beg, all right? (laughs) So leave a rating, leave a review, screenshot it, send it to us. And yeah, when we hit 500, we'll pick two of you guys to get a $50 gift card to whoever you choose. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you in the review section of our show. Love y'all. Love ya. Bye.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.